Hello, Internet, and welcome to the Steam Cleaners podcast presented by the Rough Drafts Podcast Network. I am your host, Chase Wassenaar, and each week on this show, we, uh, me and my lovely co-host, we talk about games. Games usually uh, that we have played separately from each other, certainly games that have never appeared on this podcast before, but this time only half of that is true. And indeed, we're really mixing it up because we have three people here today that have all played the same game together uh, and and are very excited to talk about it. So uh, first, let me introduce my lovely co-host, Walter Cietis Fetchuk. Walter, how you doing, buddy? I am doing fantastic. I am really glad that we finally have the opportunity to break down Minesweeper. I believe this is a game <laughs> that really needs a full hour and a half long show this is going to be a long one folks because there is a lot of nuance there is a lot of strategy uh to probably one of the older games besides solitaire that are uh you know pre-installed onto your windows computers see you joke but we both know that nintendo's gonna do uh minesweeper 99 at some point <laughs> um now that we've done mario tetris and uh f-zero that just came out and and suddenly minesweeper is going to get a lot more intense a lot more quickly um but of course, it's not just me and Walter here. Uh, we are joined by the lovely friend of the pod, Kristen Pignolo. Kristen, how are you? I am great. I'm so excited to dive into the Minesweeper lore. <laughs> yes, this is a very <laughs> lore-heavy episode, uh-huh, to be sure. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you, you gotta ask, why is that game on every computer? What was what was the originator of why this game over all the other games that uh, could have been on your Windows back in the day? Um, but you know, here's the thing, uh, by the time that you're listening to this, you've seen the title of the episode, so you know, Minesweeper is not particularly involved in this adventure. Uh, but instead we're going to be talking about Stray Gods, uh, the, uh, role-playing musical. And, and there's a couple really fun things about this, uh, notably that Kristen, you and I got to play it together yes. uh, when you came to visit L.A., which was the first time we've seen each other in person mm-hmm. in several years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess let's all start with uh, what drew us to the game. But Kristen, given you and I had limited amount of time um, in this uh, during this visit. So what is it that made you say we should take our time here and really play through Stray Gods and then follow up on that? Uh-huh. Uh, as we continue to play through this game together. Well, number one, I am a major lover of ancient Greek mythology. Um, that was one of my hyperfixations as a child that has continued on to adulthood. And it also features some of the voice actors that I really know and love from such... Um, Internet shows like Critical Role, the Dimension 20 network of shows. Like we had uh, Laura Bailey, Ashley Johnson, Erica Ishii. I'm sure I'm forgetting people, but like you bring Greek mythology into a game. You bring some of my favorite voice actors in. I am automatically incredibly invested in it. Yeah, there's a lot of really talented people that were on top of this. Um, but Walter, you're not typically a visual novel guy. And correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think you're a huge critical role person. So what was it that led you to say, it's time to break the format of the show. I want to play this game alongside you here. 
Well, see, we broke the format of the show uh, last episode when we played Penny Larceny together. And uh, the reality is, like, I, too, have also had a hyperfixation on Facebook advertising uh, because the, the week <laughs> this game came out uh, and the week before it came out, I think the only ad I saw on Facebook at all on my phone was Stray Gods and, and Humble Bundle. Uh, and I said, you know what? Eh, Chase wants to play it. We played Penny Larceny together. I'm not the biggest visual novel guy. Like, let me give it a shot, right? Um, I, too, like mythology. I like Greek mythology. I, I Definitely not, like, super, super in-depth, but, like, one of my favorite games kind of growing up, uh, you know, in middle school was Age of Mythology. Like, I, I have a, you know, kind of interest in it. Um, I did musicals when I was in high school and middle school. So like that was kind of interesting. And at the end of the day, like I was kind of fascinated by this premise of like, how do you do a musical uh, in a video game? And like knowing that this, this type of thing was going to absolutely be in your wheelhouse, it just sort of felt like a good kind of, we both wanted to play Penny Larceny. This was definitely something I knew Chase was going to play. So, hey, let me give it a shot. And then the game that we're going to talk about in two weeks, spoiler alert, um, I was kind of really into, and I sort of kind of convinced, I think, Chase to, to play it alongside with me. So we got three games here where one's from the Walter end of thing, this game is from the Chase end of thing, and then Penny Larceny was kind of in the middle. Uh, and that's kind of been, you know, like three episodes in a row of, of the podcast and like seeing maybe kind of going outside of our comfort zones, uh, you know, do we enjoy something? And I felt like after how much I enjoyed the visual novel aspects of Penny Larceny, I felt like I needed to play another one to see if Penny Larceny did anything particularly well or uh, if I just like was starting to enjoy the genre. Yeah, you know, and they are very different types of visual novels. I mean, I'll be honest, I, I ran into Stray Gods because I kickstarted this years ago, uh, back when I believe it was called Chorus. Uh, and it was crowdfunded on a site that I don't believe exists anymore. And so I just got this this ping in my email where it was like, hey, do you remember kickstarting this? Because it's about to come out. And I'm like, oh, great. This game was on my wish list uh, already just because it had a lot of talented people that I like. And we're going to go three for three on being interested in Greek mythology. Um, but, it, but it is like, it is like a, a very different kind of visual novel because of the music, uh, and I, I want to turn this to, to you, Kristen, a little bit, because I thought that the musical angle of it was super interesting to explore and kind of see the different ways that a song could play out. Um, did you find, like, as we were kind of playing through it together and making some different choices, that the songs felt different, that this kind of lived up to that premise of basically getting a different flavor of musical based on the decisions that you're making? Yeah, so we definitely, we went one particular route together, but you showed me how songs differentiated based on routes because you had several playthroughs going at the same time. And I have to say, I, I think that, I know that Montaigne was behind some of the music and I think that they did a great job in making sure that each song variation felt different and unique to each other, not just from a lyrics perspective, but also from a um, a tone perspective, from instruments used, tempo, things like that. I I need to spend more time with the game to like say like whether like some of these songs I like truly loved. Because I think they can get so 
wordy that it was difficult for them to kind of worm their way into my brain in a way that a lot of musicals can do. So I definitely, I think I need to play more of the game. And truthfully, we really only played like, we played one path and most of that was played over a weekend together. So I think there's more time to be spent absorbing all that's very fair and i i do think that i am going to come with a very different experience simply because i played the game wrong no and it's not i'm not usually the kind of person to say that there's a wrong way to play the game but typically you play a game to play out the story especially when it's a visual novel it's a very narrative driven experience but as someone who works as an editor professionally uh, and someone who finds the editing process fascinating I had all three options going simultaneously. I would like play a song out, see what it was like in one of the paths, which the three are charming, kick-ass, and clever. Those are kind of the three traits that you can choose among at the start. And then at act three, you're able to add a second one to your arsenal to kind of mix things up a little bit. But theoretically, whatever trait you picked is the one you're going to focus on when options are presented to you in songs. And I just wanted to see, like, what are these different versions of the songs that are in front of us, right? It's it's almost like getting a look into a screenplay when you're not exactly sure who the protagonist is yet. You know that you have basic beats that you want to hit, but the tone that you go for and the way in which your character presents these issues that they're dealing with is going to change based on the lens that you're viewing the story from. And I, I just found it from an artistic level, just as a studying kind of academic sense of it. Um, I found that to be fascinating. Um, and I know that I don't think either of you played the game that way. Kristen, I know you didn't because you and I played it together right. and outside of resetting the ending so you can see kind of a different version of Act 3, uh, we ultimately did things in a very you know, in a very singular path. And Walter, I know you only played one path because you mentioned that in the pre-call. I guess first, what path did you pick? And did you ever find yourself interested in exploring how different these songs could be the same way that I was? Well, see, here's the thing. Uh, I I didn't play with one path. I played one playthrough, but I did not consistently choose the kick-ass path like I did at the beginning. I chose the options as they came up that I felt like fit me. Cause I like the point of playing any of these games is that, you know, the character, right. The, the uh, grace is supposed to be a stand in for the player essentially. Right. That's, that's kind of what's, what's going on there. And that's how I treated it. And there were some times where I, I found myself more with charming, even though I started with kick-ass cause like at the beginning I think that kind of matches, right? Like you're being accused of murder and spoiler alert. Sorry. Beginning (laughs) of the game here, guys, like first 10 minutes of the game. Um, like someone dies and like, you're being accused of all of these deities that you're the one that killed them and yada, yada, yada. Like I, I personally would be pretty fucking defiant. I can be a kind of confrontational person. Uh, And then as you get wild, I know anyone who knows me, knows that Walter Fedchuk is a fucking confrontational asshole. 
But then, like, I, I definitely cannot think of multiple wrestling heel promos oh. that currently live on our on our YouTube account for sure. Um, but then, like, as you would get into it, and as you're gaining more information of what's going on, then it's like, oh, I. I now see, like, I'm getting past the blind rage that I'm feeling, the blind anger, and now I'm understanding the other person's side of things. And now I felt like I was grabbing way more charm, um, charming answers, which to me feels more like charisma, right? It, it, it feels like it's like strength, intelligence, charisma. Those are kind of the three things that you're picking from. And those tended to draw me. And in the third act, when you get to pick what your second, you know, attribute is essentially, I, I chose charming i chose the charisma one because that's kind of how i felt like my character was going um so while maybe that's me playing the game badly because i felt like things were choppy i felt like the songs then be were very choppy um and maybe it's also because like they're stalling for like the 10 seconds while they're trying to give you the ability to choose something and there's a sort of like vamping aspect to it um but like I agree with Kristen, like, there's no earwig song in here, right? And maybe it's because there has to be this vamping while you're making your decisions that things don't flow. Maybe if you listen to the soundtrack itself directly and just kind of listen to a song through and didn't have to take the moment to make your decision and you kind of went with what the artist's interpretation of what the song should be, something would get stuck in your head. Um, but, like, yeah, it was... It was an interesting experience, uh, and I could understand completely how, like, you could look at this from an academic lens and be like, oh, yeah, it's it's fascinating how this choose-your-own-adventure style of design plays into not only the music, but the plot and the game itself. Yeah, I mean, that's very fair, right? If you're, you're going to do a role-playing game, you shouldn't feel limited just because you made a choice at the beginning before you had any real idea of what the story was going to be or where the plot was going to go or what characters you were going to meet, it does make you kind of lock that in very early. So I, I think what you did is probably a very natural way to play. I kind of knew going in that I was going to play this game through at least those three paths because I just wanted to see what the most extreme version of each of those things looks like. But that's that's my min-maxing instinct that comes from having played a lot of visual novels over time um, and kind of wanting to see what is the most of this thing rather than just seeking the kind of balance that makes a lot more sense if you know i'm here to play the story one time and get the experience that most reflects where i think things are developing and what i think i would do if i was in this situation which the game certainly enables um and the achievements if you look at global achievements they reflect that i think more people play like you walter than they do like me because you will see some things like, you know, siding with Freddy early on mm. in an argument with Pan, very popular, but other charming options that you would expect to be popular if people took that route with everything are not nearly as high percentage-wise as maybe some other mid-things. So, like, clearly people are kind of picking and choosing, and, I mean, to be honest, that's a sign of, of good game design, right? That you have the ability to have each of these paths appeal to people in different ways, and there's always something to gain from that um i do want to just kind of real quick talk about the the basics of the plot just so we can kind of all be on the same page here those of you who are listening to this who haven't played this game before which i'm going to spoil kind of my ending here i think you should i think there's a lot of really cool stuff in here especially after the patch that has happened since we played the game yeah. um, which we will get to in a bit um but for those of you who don't care about that kind of thing 
uh, here's, here's kind of the basic rundown you need to know. Uh, as Walter hinted, you have been accused of murder. Uh, Calliope, who is one of the muses, came to say hi while you were uh, trying to, to get some new people into your, your band that you are uh, forming with your best friend, Freddy, um, who definitely doesn't have a secret crush on you the entire time. And it's definitely not super obvious the entire time that that is the dynamic there. Um, but Calliope dies and you are summoned in by Athena, uh, Apollo, uh, Persephone, and Aphrodite. Uh, to answer for that crime, you're kind of immediately seen as guilty, but you are able to, using the powers of the muse that have been passed on to you, uh, convince them that you deserve a right to defend yourself. And you're given one week to try to figure that out um, and solve who actually committed this murder uh, while navigating your way through a variety of shenanigans um, that come you come across based on various characters from Greek mythology that you you will run into. Um, so, Kristen, I, I'm going to turn to you here. When we were kind of playing through this game, which characters did you find yourself most Ooh. connecting to? Um, and it, I, it doesn't need to exclusively be romantically, though this right, is a game right. with romance options, and I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the the couple options that we we pursued, but. Beyond that, just who are the characters that really gravitated to you, and how did that affect kind of the decisions you wanted to make as we were playing through this? Oh, great question. Um, well, I actually, even though Grace is kind of like your character, somewhat of an insert, I actually really loved Grace as a character, partially because you could read certain things into her based off of the path that you take, but there is a certain, like, she's kind of on the precipice of adulthood at odds with like what she wants to do trying to make a life for herself i really enjoyed grace loved freddie as well um of the gods and deities i really loved persephone and it's like she starts off strong but as you go through the story with her there is this I won't necessarily say softening, but you get to understand things from her perspective. And I love how they handled her story. I also really loved Eros. I wish that we spent more time with Eros a little bit in a way. That he played a little bit more of a role. But that's okay. Leave him wanting more. I get it. Mm -hmm. Han was also really fun. There were a couple characters where I was kind of like, oh, okay, fine. In Apollo. But it was yeah. it was in a very fun, it was in a fun way of the story. Not like, oh, Apollo's so freaking obnoxious. All that. It was not in that way. It was in response to what we were learning in the game. Yeah. I, uh, he done goofed. He I think it's safe to say. Done goofed. He done goofed. Too deep. Um, I'm curious, Walter. Did you have a similar list of characters that most stood out to you, or were there some others that you really connected with as you kind of made that transition from Kickass into Charming over the course of the game? Uh, I I definitely agree with Eros. I think Eros was criminally underutilized. Um, I I think very like interesting dynamic right between him and him and aphrodite and then yeah. venus about like what his role in everything is and 
there is there's like a little bit of a selfishness there to him but it it's not like it's not greedy selfishness right it's more like aphrodite can't see the pain like i know the pain that she's in but she can't because she's so blinded by her own pain and her own you know her own path she can't see the pain that it's causing me who is someone that that loves her and like she clearly loves and rescued and saved and she is constantly asking me to do this to deal with this loss right constantly so... and consistently and sort of like looks past the fact that like oh well i don't have to remember anything and like he does right yeah. he has to remember every night terror that she has even if she doesn't um which is incredibly heartbreaking right it, it doesn't even feel like it's not like there's a romantic connection there necessarily like i don't think eros is in love with aphrodite in a romantic way i think it's love as how you love someone that is just close to you and you have a have a a, a relationship friendship with that just you're like with each other a lot right you spend a lot of time together and you sort of learn the other person's you know uh fears and hopes and dreams and like all of these things and it, and it is incredibly heartbreaking um i really liked hermes I thought the portrayal of Hermes, they, that character was just, like, really interesting of, like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, the most recent, you know, uh, member of the chorus. Like, I'm the mo the one that most recently, you know, changed over. Um, and I'm, like, I'm still finding myself in, like, the story they're telling with them becoming Hermes, but also being, like, a transitioning individual or a trans individual uh, or non-binary. It's just, it's just very interesting, that comparison they're drawing. Um, and then also Hecate. I, I really liked Hecate. I really liked the sort of like airy detachedness that yeah. she had of just like, well, I'm just like a smart person, right? I'm just oblivious to, I'm book smart. I'm not street smart. I, I just liked that. That was kind of just interesting that they're like, oh yeah, I just am kind of like off here in my own dimension and it's just me and the Minotaur and I don't really deal with anybody else. I just constantly am here looking at the fates and learning things and knowledge and and all of that. I, I really liked that sort of like airiness to that character and thought that was kind of fun. I mean, absolutely. And, you know, to, to yes and you on that, uh, I can't believe neither of you said Asterian's name before <laughs> right now because... That Minotaur fumbling so his way cool. through his his crush is my favorite sequence in the game, so where sweet. you're just trying to guide him through sharing his feelings. And woo boy, does that man not know how to share his feelings? Oh, oh, oh you guided him, huh? <gasps> well, what did you do, I mean, Walter? To technically, Walter, I I did all of the options with him because I did three different playthroughs. <laughs> but but what? Yeah, did you not help him find that relationship? I, I let them make their own decisions and I let him stumble as as oh. he needed to. Cause I think mm. I think that's the best way to handle that. And that's how my character and my playthrough Grace is, is you know, if you need if you need somebody else to to be the person to talk you up, you don't love yourself enough yet. And I no. do think you need to have a uh, you need to like yourself in some kind of way to be able to handle a relationship or else you're going to be utilizing that other person as a form of like self-love which don't, i don't think is always the healthiest if you don't love yourself how in the hell are you gonna love anyone else am i right can i get an amen up amen yeah. exactly 
Exactly. Uh, also, I, I I don't like that you've been listening into my therapy sessions. Ooh. Really, you, like you gotta give me you gotta you gotta give me a heads up if you're gonna do that. Uh, but no, I mean. I, 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 I couldn't agree with you more, and it is fascinating to kind of see that play out. And you can kind of determine how you want to interpret that, right? Because there's nothing wrong with a friend talking you up and helping you build up the confidence to do something you care about. But I, I do think you make a very good point of, like, how do you want to interact with this? Do you think that it is your place? And if you do so, knowing that the book says that it's not going to necessarily end well, like, how does that do, – does that matter or not? Um, the game kind of asks you an interesting question with that. And it asks a very interesting question when it comes to Aphrodite, which to, you know, we're not going to get into any individual plot moment, I think, too much. But I, I think it says, you know, I, I can say with just in a general sense, I did not think this game was going to have a significant portion of its runtime dedicated to conversations about assisted suicide wasn't a topic I was expecting this game to cover, but it is a really interesting one, and one that we're seeing kind of become more and more of a conversation as, you know, countries like Canada have kind of, you know, changed some policies around things, and, and you know, what is the role that someone should have in determining when they're done, and they're ready to tap out, and, and the effect that has on others, like that... I think that Eros Aphrodite scene in Act 2 is, is incredibly powerful because yeah. it forces you to ask yourself questions that I don't think most of us think about, but that are worth thinking about. Um, and I think that's where... Oh. Uh, sorry, not to cut in. No, please. I feel like that's where a lot of the, um, the narrative power comes from this game is asking these questions that are ancillary in some ways to the plot, but are incredibly um, relevant and poignant. Absolutely. There, there's no, a lot I, of, I, there's a lot of like foreshadowing, right? Because these, these deities are asking you who are brand new to everything, a fresh set of eyes for everything, but like are asking you to make decisions, right? And mm -hmm. to make determinations. And asking you to become involved in these things with people that they have known, you know, forever, For right? Maybe not forever, but for a long, long period of time. And it kind of points to where, like, eventually the plot goes to of, like, decision making. And that these all-powerful beings actually don't want to make any decisions. They want to be told what to do, which is this very fascinating like I said, foreshadowing to what is like the ultimate ending and conflict that kind of gets summed up at the end of the game. And, and like, I think that the Aphrodite in particular is like the ultimate example of that, where you're being asked to do something by someone that is directly in con like in conflict with someone else. And it's a very binary decision. Do you choose A or do you choose B? And you kind of have to make a decision there. You know, I love that you brought that up, Walter, because I have been watching uh, Dimension 20's Mentopolis Ooh. series recently. Uh, and Mentopolis is, it's a D&D &D limited series uh, in which everyone is like representing a function of the brain. Like all of the characters are, are like uh, identities within the brain of this larger character 
Um, so you've got like uh, Amida Pulse, who is the impulse. Um, you've got Hunch Curio, who is curiosity. All these kinds of things. And, and eventually, the plot kind of brings you to, you know, these core responses that the mind has when put under pressure, right? You've got fight, you've got flight, you've got freeze. And I think fawn is the fourth. Um, and I feel like this game does a really good job of highlighting all of these kinds of options, right? Um, you know, putting aside fawn for the moment, because I imagine we could just say that's like the romantic <laughs> interest that you managed to find amongst all of the craziness. You've got Persephone, who is pure fight all the way. She is someone who's had a fight all her life. She is standoffish at first because she is constantly in that mode in which she has to feel like she has to protect herself and everything that she cares about because she does not feel like anyone else will if she's not fighting constantly. Um, you have flight, which is very Apollo, right? This is this idea of someone who, who sees themselves as someone who gets in the way and is incapable of kind of looking outside of that to see where he can help because he's caused enough pain that getting out of everyone's way is something that he constantly refers back to is something that um you know he struggles with he struggles with that idea of, of staying in the fight so to speak um and with everyone else it's freeze it's people who are incapable of moving forward because they're so focused on protecting what they have. Because in this version of Greek mythology, the, the world that they have created past the kind of stories that you know, most of us would be familiar with, you know, they have undergone a great tragedy, for which we're not going to get into the details, because this is a very narrative game, and we're going to try to avoid the deepest of the spoilers where we can. Um, but it is one of those things where you understand why they're so protective. You understand after being on the run and losing as many people as they did and going through the trauma that several of them faced, why you would not be itching to get into a fight, why you would not be pushing to change things when it feels like you're already losing so much and you desperately need to protect what you have. But that instinct leads to a kind of stagnation and a rot that creates a scenario in which your character has to be the one going around and solving these problems. Because most of the other characters in this world do not have the skill set or mentality to fix what they believe has been broken for too long to be fixed. And it says so much about the game and, and kind of this idea of how ideas and these kind of larger human issues can get entrenched so easily that all it takes is one person with an outside perspective to come in and completely change the dynamic of these gods and how they approach their issues and their, their hopes for what the world becomes. Um, it's really fascinating in that regard. Um, or maybe don't let a me megalomaniacal asshole be in charge. You know, either or. <laughs> Yeah, that probably doesn't help. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I will. It, it I, is. I will say, for a for a villain, let's say quote unquote villain in this game, I understand and sympathize with them a lot more than in a lot of other games and a lot of other media. So, I think they do a good job in that way of. Humanizing, but not excusing what this particular person has done. 
the best villains in all of yeah. media are people who have reasons for doing what they were doing and are wrong. Abso- absolutely. Right? And it plays into the Greek tragedy of it all. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe, it's, wanna... maybe it's just the kick ass in me, but like, yeah, I don't care. Like if they Ooh. have reasons that make sense, they're wrong. They are completely and utterly wrong. Like their fear, they allowed their fear to compl- to be that rock that Chase mentioned. Like to completely freeze everyone into this state of fear. This is this is the equivalent of any genre of like young adult fiction where there's like a country or a society that is like completely closed itself off to the outside world because like hey, um, like a bad thing happened. Encanto. Encanto. Let let's pull final cut in here. This is this is some Encanto shit of like something bad happened to us a while ago, right? And and even like I guess it doesn't matter how recent it is, but a while ago, and we have completely walled ourselves in uh because the person that is in charge and is supposed to be like the you know, the person in charge, right? Um deemed that this is the right thing to do. And like they know it's the wrong thing to do. But it's the only thing they even want to attempt to do because they are paralyzed what? by the fear of making a decision that is wrong. And like, I think maybe maybe that's the kick-ass person in me. But like maybe. from moment I mean, one, their the... reasoning is 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 null and void. So I, 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 okay, you first. Go. I will say, I think like in Kanto, this game makes a very good metaphor for generational trauma. Absolutely. So I I don't fault it in that way because I think it just does such a good job of showing how that kind of thinking in that that mode of freezing and protection is so unintentionally harmful. That I think it, it really it really fed into my experience. Yeah. I, I mean I, I think that's really fair. And I will say, Walter, you say all of this, but I just checked your Steam achievements because <laughs> I don't want to get too into the details, but I was curious what ending you picked. And you picked the most compassionate ending possible. He's fucking calling you out. That's so that's you, fine. You, I'm not an executioner. <laughs> Sure. There was an option beyond execution that you could have picked uh, a a middle ground between the two, so to speak. And even let me be clear, the third op- execution is a really strong way to phrase the the third uh-huh. ending path. But there's a second one you could have picked and you went for the one that gave the most forgiveness and, and leeway, uh, which I'll be honest, I avoided picking as long as possible. I think we only picked it when Chris and I went back to see our second romance option. And I was like, well, I'd like the achievement, so let's pick this one, Mm -hmm. even though Mm -hmm. we both agree that this is more kind than she probably deserves. So I find it fascinating that you and I both came to the same ultimate conclusion, which is that her theory crafting and and the uh, philosophy that she's bringing is so flawed that you have to call it out and that it's, it's particularly alienating. But you still chose the compassion route the entire way through. I, I, I find that interesting. And I, I think that says more about, I guess, how the game writes these things and how you interpreted some of your final choices there. That's where you ended up. 
Um, yeah. But I do, I do want to get into the romance side of things because this is a visual novel, and visual novels, uh, especially uh, when they are as queer coded as this one is in a lot of ways, um, you gotta have your romance option. It's a tried and true of the formula, and we have some really interesting ones here. Walter, I want to start with you, because I kind of know where Kristen's going on this. Who, if anyone, did you end up romancing? Man, I love myself a golden retriever himbo. Oh! <laughs> Boy! I don't know why, honestly. Um, I, I was, like, kind of disappointed with it, um, <laughs> with, like, the direction I ended up going, but, like, at that point, I... I'd already gone that direction. And I was like, oh, I'll just keep going. Like, I'll keep traversing this story. Um, I, I'm going to say it probably was like the most boring option. I, I, I'm willing to bet that it was the most boring option to go with Apollo. Um, but yeah, that's the direction I went, I guess. Yeah. I don't have much to say about it. I, I guess like his backstory of like him accidentally becoming Apollo is kind of fascinating. Um, it, there's like definitely some intrigue and some interest to that of like, oh yeah, it was completely an accident. Like, cause it sounds like most of these, these, um, the idols kind of choose who take over for them. Right. And the fact that, um, the fact that it is an accident, right. It is purely an accident and he is just there, you know, at the, at the wrong time then makes the rest of his kind of story and why he is such like a flight and runs away from everything makes it make sense. Um, That's so wild. But yeah, I, I don't got... have a good reason for it. That's I I stumbled down the Apollo Trail, and that's where I ended up. That is so. I got like next to none of that in our path. <laughs> like, oh my word! And this is just why I want to play it again. I want to play and go different paths because I didn't know any of that. Do, do you do you want to know his backstory? Because it's it's actually like it's yeah. a little spoilery, but it's kind of it's it's wild. Uh, let's so let's say skip ahead if you don't want to know Apollo's backstory. Or you know what? I'll tell you. I'll tell you after we're done recording. Okay, okay, okay. I'll tell you after we're done recording. Sure, okay. Yeah, that's right, listeners. You don't get to find you out. You have to it. go play the whole game or look it up um, online. Yeah. <laughs> Give this developer your hard-earned money. Yeah, I mean, true. Pay, not wrong. pay <laughs> for this game. Look, we want the we want the devs to retweet our podcast. Okay, you got to ixnay on the <laughs> ooch-nay. Um Are you but, sure but about no, that? I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Penny Larceny's devs did. Shout out Ooh. to them if they're still listening. I'm going to take a shot in the dark that they're not. But you know, thanks for doing that. Glad you did not get. About 15 minutes into the episode, because I think Walter's rant might have dissuaded <laughs> the retweet, but appreciate it. Um, but but no, I you know I I, I find that fascinating. I, I do like Apollo's backstory the bit that I heard, but I never romanced him. I've romanced every other character in the game, but not Apollo it's... because he seemed to to the point you made earlier. This is a guy who doesn't seem to love himself enough for me to commit to a relationship. But I can yeah. fix him. There's a lot of no, you self. Can't loathing there and i just i feel like i've done too much work in my early to mid 20s to go back to that <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <sighs> i i can tell you from personal experience no you can't walter no you can't it's just not how that goes now Kristen, i know you saw two options um so i'm curious of the the two that we saw which was your favorite which felt the most right to you 
That's really tough because it appeals to the two different sides of me. So to say, uh, Chase, Chase and I went the um, charming route and we went, I think I, we went back and forth on this. Like I was in the middle of a particular act. I was like, I'm going with this person. No, I'm going with this person. So ultimately I ended up with Persephone and then we went back and we looked at going with Freddie. It was very close. It's really hard. And a part of me wishes, part of my, I think I have to choose Freddie over Persephone in a way because I can't quite forgive Persephone for um, attempting to trick us. In a way, it, it's still kind of stuck in my craw a bit towards the end. And it didn't feel like we had great resolution with that. Personally. There, there is a hurt people, hurt people angle to Persephone. Not that that's not true of, of many characters in this game. Yeah. But certainly the, the moment in the third act that you're referring to is probably the quintessential, like... I'm kind of spoilering, honestly, at this point. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. No, we're, look, look we're, we're, we're vague spoilering. Um, but I, I, I think that it is worth, like... Yeah, I, I, you have a, a character who um, has kind of prided themselves on playing it straight and being, like, the one honest person yeah. among all of these, uh, these different mythological figures. And it turns out, eh, maybe not. Maybe when push comes to shove, um, there's uh, there's that instinct in her as well. Almost like all of them mm-hmm. having spent and, enough time end up in that place. Just and because like I was already so invested in Freddie, and kind of had spoken to Persephone about like how dear she was to us. It it was an issue. Do I still love them in the end together? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, they. I, I love this power I, I, couple. I do love the Persephone route. I, I think there are things about the Freddy route that I really enjoy, but there's a, a core element to it mm-hmm. um, that I think is hard for me. Which um, is? Because it, it comes down, uh, as Walter kind of pointed out in, a, in another part of the story, respecting people's choices. Uh, oh, someone yeah. Someone makes a choice, and you take oh. that choice away from them. It's tough. It's, it's so tough for me. hard. And this is why I keep flip-flopping, you know, too. But this is this is why I actually surprisingly enjoyed the uh, the pan route as much as I did, um, which I did not think I was going to enjoy. It was more like this is I'm curious to see where this goes. But there's something when you have someone who is intrinsically a a liar, a deceiver, a a miscreant, if you will, mischievous more than actively hateful or harmful. You you get to a situation in which it's like. Because you are so honest about the fact that you're a little stinker, to put it in Bugs Bunny terms, um, I I can't help but appreciate it. Like, I know where I'm at with you, and you're not ever going to play things 100% straight, but you're never going to be boring. And by the end of it, he does, like, you do get to this place where he's like, I'm not going to lie to you anymore. Um, And he has, like, like, a surprisingly heartfelt ending towards the end. Um, that I was not expecting, but deeply appreciate. Which is to say, 
all of the romance options are well done. This is the um, ending. They, I, they do a great job of providing archetypes. This is the ending. I would want to go back and play this game. I would want to do the clever route. I would want to go pan. Like that is the one that interests me the most. Cause he's so tricksy. It's also the one that would probably feel most aligned with your own experience, just because it's the one where you know mythology things. Yeah. Like, you don't have to, like, ask <laughs> follow-up questions about, like, what are the music? Literally, uh, while it's... we were playing, Walter, I would answer questions as Grace would ask them. And <laughs> it was just, yeah, I was I was made for the clever route. Not to say that I am clever, but I know my shit when it comes to ancient Greek mythology. It's okay. You don't have to call yourself clever. I will. Well, thank you. Um, we'll see. But but um. But also, but, but I do want to move. Well, can wait, I? One, can one I? Second. Oh, okay. No, oh, Kristen, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Two. One more thing. I wish that we could have a couple like secondary, lower stakes romances with like Eros or uh. Hermes like maybe not as involved in the main story but I would very much love to romance them that's what I have to say I say, gotta save something for the sequel yeah that's, that's the, the real lesson there <laughs> I, I definitely uh, like I definitely I don't know if I want to romance Hermes I just want to hang out with them like mm, I want to spend yes like, all, I, want like, more I want to like just like lay on a hill at night and just like stare at the stars or clouds with them and just talk. Like, I feel like they'd be really interesting. And Pan, on the other hand, I want him to be my wingman, right? <laughs> I want to go out with him and just like go to a bunch of clubs and bars and just hang out with him and then go back with some, some people to his like lush apartment, smoke a bunch of weed and just listen to records <laughs> And then, like, just let the, like, 1960s, 1970s kind of roll and just see what happens, right? Like, just just go with the flow from there. But, like, yeah, I, I don't think I wanted to, like, romance romance it, but I definitely wanted to spend more time with him in, like, a platonic sense. And then definitely with Hermes. Yeah, I, I think that is a, a great use of your pan for sure. And, yeah, yeah. Hermes, I mean... Anytime you give me a chance to spend time with Erika Ishii, I'm going to take it. Absolutely. Um, I, I would have been very down with more there. Um, I, I do want to get into the flaws of the game because I feel like we spent a lot of time talking up the things that it's done right, and it deserves that. I think there's a lot that this game does right, but um, I do feel like we would be remiss to not uh, mention anything that came up along the way. So, So, Walter, were there any flaws that stood out to you as you kind of played through uh this game uh definitely something that has been fixed by the patch um but the audio balancing was fucking horrendous um it really sounded like and maybe it's because they were recording this throughout the course of the pandemic or whatever but it sounded like they recorded stuff in separate rooms um and that was pretty rough um, yeah, and, and obviously, you know, they fix that stuff. Um, beyond that, I guess, like, it comes back to my main thesis about visual novels, and I struggled to find the game within this video game, and I think I just have to accept that a majority of visual novels are not video games in the traditional sense of how I define it, right? I think it's okay for me to say... It is a visual novel. It is a electronic medium, but it is not a video game 
and personally sort of treat it in this nebulous sense that like the uh, FGC, the fighting game community, treats itself within the esports space. They don't like being called an esport. They're the FGC, so they kind of want to have their own little bubble and, and they're okay with that. And I think for me personally, that's how I'm going to treat visual novels from here on out. They're, they're not really video games to me. They are an electric medium that is electronic, that has some choose-your-own-adventure or actionable type things, but at the end of the day, they kind of sit over here in their own um, little bubble. I mean, I, I do, as someone who loves visual novels, I do have to push back ever so slightly, uh, because the Oxford uh, Dictionary defines a video game as a game played by electronically manipulating images produced by a computer program. Uh, and that's this, you absolutely do manipulate that through your own actions and things. It's a game. It's it is its own genre of game. It's very different from other genres of games. And I think the Choose Your Own Adventure book is a great comparison, right? That's why it's called a visual novel. It is a novel that has visual and you know interactive elements to it. Um, I just I I I do hate the idea that that means it's not a video game. Because I think that limiting what a video game can be is very different than defining like what an esport versus a competitive game is. I, um, I, that distinction I, I, I struggle with. I would rather but, yeah, Kristen, I would rather expand my understanding of what a video game is than um, eliminate a lot of good experiences because of it but also like i'm not that fussed i think this is a video game if you don't want to call i'm not entire i'm not like so enamored and wedded with the idea of like is this a video game is this not a video game like people get up in arms i'm kind of like putting you on blast walter i'm sorry um <laughs> listen it's my it's opinion. not your That's fault fine. Walter. it's if my opinion several so I can take the criticism. several years ago people got all up in arms about walking simulators as well and i just like mm. i could not give less of a fuck honestly like it's a it's in the same discourse spot as vi our video games art where it's like i don't know there's no there's no fun answer to this conversation. Everyone's going to repeat the I, same talking points and nothing will yeah, be advanced. And ever. also, like, that is such a whole... Like, yes, I think video games are and can be art. Do I think a lot of people making video games, like, come at it with that framework? No. Um, that's a whole other freaking episode content. But yeah, I think this is yeah. a video game. It is a particular kind of video game. Were there, to circle back to the original question here, Kristen, were there any flaws oh. you ran into during our playthrough together, things that you wish had been maybe improved upon? So, I will agree with the audio mixing. I will agree... The There are odd pauses throughout this game that just, with with the frames and everything, it's a little off. But, like, I can totally excuse that. Flaws... Honestly, I'm willing to overlook a good amount and nothing was so egregious to me to be like, mm, you should really like reconsider and see your mileage for this kind of thing before you try out this game. If it like from what we've described really gels for you, nothing was prohibitive in that way for me. That's very fair. I, I will say, you know, outside of the audio mixing, which again has been fixed. I haven't played the game since that patch went through. 
Um, and it is unfortunate that the first time they tried to fix it, it created an even bigger problem. So they had to undo the patch and then try it again a couple weeks later. Um, but I, I had an issue in which like a, a scene kind of replayed. Um, you know, if you had a pan for the Medusa scene, you would end up resolving the pan side of that twice because it didn't properly register that because he was at the club with you, you didn't need to go have a conversation with him back at his apartment. So you had just the same scene all over again, just in a slightly different setting, which is the kind of thing that pulls you out of a narrative a little bit um, in a way that was unfortunate. But hopefully that has been fixed. I, I didn't see that in the patch notes, but I'm hoping that it's something that they've either addressed or are on their way to addressing, and I just missed it. Um, and I, I do think there's... If there's one thing I would go in and really change, I wish the mystery hadn't been so goddamn obvious. I like a mystery game. I like a, a, to solve... You know, I play a lot of the Ace Attorney games, right? I'm really excited for the Apollo Justice remake that's coming at the beginning of next year. Get ready for that, Steam Cleaners fans, uh, when I get my chance to go through that game. But, like, I, this did not really feel like a mystery to me. Um, and maybe there wasn't room for it to be a mystery because we had all these different character studies and these different moments that we wanted to have, and it's much more about the last throes of a dying empire to a certain extent uh, than it is about like an actual murder mystery being solved. But the whole framing is a murder mystery that you have to solve, and I wish there'd been a little bit more mystery to my murder mystery. Um, it's it's unfortunate. It's kind of the step one on page one, and they just never really went beyond that. But oh, 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 I didn't realize we were talking about plot problems. I thought we were talking about like problems just, with the game itself. Go, go problems. Is, I mean, I mean, I, the plot is part of the game itself, my dude. I don't know that there's a distinction there. Yeah. There, what there, have you got, Walter? Is there anything else you want to add? Let me crack my knuckles real quick. Whoa! Hold on, he's getting the whiteboard out, everyone. Oh no. Here's the thing. And I guess this this ties into the ending, and I guess I'll just go first here. I didn't like this game. I did not like it. Um, and I and it's not that I didn't like it. I am underwhelmed by what they accomplished. Part of the draw of why I wanted to play this game is kind of like American Gods. Mm. And like, oh, modern gods dropped into modern society. And like, they're not acting like gods, right? Like they're, they're integrated into modern society and their dress and their actions. And they own nightclubs and they're beach bums and they throw opulent parties and like all of these things. Um, and I, and I, I didn't. I didn't really get that. None of it felt big. None of it felt godlike because of their own constraints of hiding within themselves, right? Of walling themselves off from everything else. Um, so it didn't feel like gods, right? And you go, oh, well, you have powers. Like, actually, the only person who displayed any powers in this is Grace. And I guess Hecate, when she's, she goes from big to small, like, you know... That entire thing, I guess there's some powers. But, like, there, this didn't have to be gods. This didn't have to actually be literal Greek mythology. Um, and, like, you still could have told the same story. And it just left me feeling wanting and very empty. Um, the gameplay itself, um, 
I disliked that I couldn't skip stuff. I didn't want to go back and play it again because the thought of like having to sit through every single line of dialogue and every single song to just try and get a different outcome um, was unappealing to me because... Hey, it... Walter, you could skip stuff. There was a button for that. I just, I, I, I hate to cut you <laughs> off mid-rant, but I just, for the sake of accuracy, I have to point out there was a button to skip stuff. Maybe tell me there's a fucking button to skip stuff. You didn't ask. You never asked. I think he's talking to the game. Not you. I'm talking to the game. Oh, hey, guess what? You Penny Larceny, there's a little triangle at the bottom that lets you hit next <laughs> like it's a fucking Kindle. Oh, he's... None <laughs> of that. There was none of that. He's so I hit cool. escape. I, I hit space bar for shit. Nothing. Nothing fast forwarded. It nothing. was a very weird button. It took me a while to find it, nothing. too. I had to go into the controls. And, and and I will say, there are some, like, straight-up utility options that Penny Larceny did a fantastic job with, especially on save slots. The fact that Stray Gods only has three slave slots and there's no cloud saves on this game, these are flaws. These are flaws these that have to be acknowledged. But, but but sorry, please continue, Walter. I just knew there were going to be some fans who were mad at us if I didn't correct Listen, the record on it's that. it's totally fine. It's me being a, a, a dummy for not oh. looking it up or figuring it out. Totally understand. I get it. Um, But at the end of the day, like, I don't know. I just, like, there are moments that, like, I really wanted it to resonate with me and like have these attachments and and very much the act two stuff with Aphrodite like really does speak to me. But overall, as a plot, like I agree with you completely. The the like murder mystery is one of the most obvious things on the planet from the moment you meet the Gorgon. You're like, oh, well, I know who did this. Like this isn't obvious. And then there's still like almost like two thirds of the game left that you have to play through, and you're like, but I know who did it. Like I want to go confront them, and then you don't really like gain any clues that point you more towards that person it's just like more stuff happens right and you you meet more idols and then a tragedy happens and then act three happens and the entire time i'm like right but i know who the fucking killer is and it just left me feeling flat it felt it felt underdone and i feel bad saying that because i can see a lot of really good ideas in here but as a collective whole it just didn't do it for me. It, it is a shame because I think in they do such a great job with characters. They do such a great job of creating these moments, these kind of little moral quandaries and these, these situations. The, the world building is really strong. And as someone who really cares a lot about world building, cares a lot about individual characters, and cares a lot about those kind of like that editor mindset I mentioned before where you could see like the different versions of the mm -hmm. story and just academically find that interesting. I found a lot to propel me forward, but I would be lying if I said that the conclusion of this game did not leave something to be desired. Yeah. Um, and it is unfortunate because if you don't stick the landing, that's the last thing you're thinking about. Um, and and just going through and, and some of the like where are they now segments don't necessarily mm. all feel like they connect one to one to all of your decisions. Um, you know, there are some certain path things where it's like, okay, I guess because I took this path, this is where things went. Um But yeah, it it's it's like from a technological perspective, from a, a pure ambition perspective, the fact that they did this via musical, I find incredibly impressive. But that does not excuse 
the things that are missing. Um, and I, I think that you're right to point those mm-hmm. out. I mean, Kristen, what about you? Is there any, I mean, obviously you were more watching than fully playing, but was there anything that you wish had been there or that you were, you were hoping for that you didn't get to run into? So I, I totally see where Walter's coming from. I definitely, I think, I don't know how compared to you, Chase, whether I particularly enjoy it more, but I, I really loved this experience, even just kind of watching it and, and like saying what choices I wanted to make and you actually doing it. Um, but I do agree, like the murder mystery was lack the was lacking, the plot was lacking. The things I loved, I really loved. Um and I think the issues that I had and that Walter had for me were not as much of, of a big issue, but definitely was a little bit of a letdown. Over like I still wanna I still wanna play this game more. I want to see the other paths, but I think that what you and Walter are saying totally justified. And yeah, I, I agree. It's a flawed experience, but I think there is a lot of fun and nuance and, and interesting characters in here that if, if you care more about characters than you care about plot, you can have a really fun time. I think that leads us to final verdict time. So, I mean, Walter, I think you uh, may have spoiled this already, but do you have any final thoughts to close close this out here? There, There is love in this, right? There, There is definitely love. There is definitely, like, an appreciation for the craft and the, the characters um, in and of themselves. Um, but I guess, how can I recommend it? If you really like visual novels um, and you're just like curious about how you would make a, 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 a musical video game work, right? That's not a like rhythm simulation type thing, right? Um, I think it's interesting. I think there's a lot of potential here. But if you're expecting a like really, really good plot or like I mentioned earlier, American Gods kind of like discussion of like how what you know how are gods supposed to fit into a modern world Mm. right i know they kind of try to discuss that none of that's here right there's a bunch of really cool characters and a bunch of really cool moments individual moments um but they don't mesh together they don't go together and it finds you lacking and it finds you trying to grab at strings trying to tie it all together and make it all work as a cohesive whole, and I I just don't get there with it. Like I said, there are good moments in here. There are good moments. There are very good questions that make you think. But at the end of it, it just kind of is like, ta-da! And you go, wait a minute, there was no trick. You just you just opened a trap door, and you put the, the dove in the trap door, and I can still see it sitting there. Dead dove. And they go, no, you can't! Nope, it's still, nope, ta-da, there's the trick. And yeah, ultimately, for me personally, I am, I am bummed. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm sure there's something enjoyable in here, particularly for people that really love the visual novel genre. Um, but I think it should speak volumes that I put six and a half hours into it to do one playthrough and never touched it again. Kristen, what about you? 
before I give my... Well, Walter didn't give it a score, so I think he needs to do that. It, we don't do scores Whoa! in this actually. This is a this is a binary recommend. Damn, don't recommend. Damn. Oh man. Yeah, I, I know. We are look, here's the <laughs> I, I don't want to get too lost in this, but I do believe that putting a score to something like a video game that has so many moving elements immediately gets into problematic bits because it's like you're not going to assign like a different point for story versus mechanics versus game. Well, then I feel like you could say I feel like you could say the same thing about movies. Personally, listen, that would make me a video games journalist, and I just don't want that. (laughs) (laughs) Look, look, you're you're not incorrect, but we just do things a little differently at Steve Bleeders. You can put a score. We're down for a score. Um, Well, I I think I I said my final thoughts pretty much right before Walter gave his. Ultimately, I think this will this will appeal to a lot of people. Yes, there are issues with plot. Does it entirely thread the needle? I think a lot of people will say no, but a lot of fun can be had. I had a lot of fun and I really enjoyed it. I love, I'm going to say love the art style, love the voice acting. I had a great time. I want to play more paths. So I, I'm a person here who wants to go back to this game. And the score I was going to give it was 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. Okay. I, I, I will say this. Um, I, I just went through the global achievements um, for uh, this game and Penny Larceny. Uh, Penny Larceny matches a lot of what I see from visual novels, which is about a, a 17% uh, completion percentage for the totality of what it has to offer. Right. It's a game that requires a lot of different playthroughs if you want to see everything. It also makes it a lot easier to do so. But for about the same amount of time invested, you see 17% of people making it to the end. With Stray Gods, more than 50% of people who own the game have survived and gotten to the end of Act 3 and actually finished at least one playthrough of the game. And I don't think that's an accident. Um, I think that's actually really high for a, an indie game like this um, and for a visual novel of, of this type. That, that is a su- surprisingly high number. Um, and, and sure, I think you could point to some things that would, that would maybe speak to that. Um, you could argue that because this was a Kickstarter game, a lot of people who have been waiting for it for a long time are much more likely to finish it versus a game that just happens to come out and you're picking up at maybe a cheaper price point and you'll get to it when you get to it during a time in which there were a lot of different visual novels on sale. You can point to people who are like really big critical role fans or really big musical fans and they're more likely to stick through because these are people that they like to listen to or because it is a type of game that there aren't a lot of competitors to compared to something like Penny Larceny, which is, um, you know, a much more traditional style of, visual novel. But I'm going to make the argument, as someone who, I'm going to be honest, I love this game. Uh, Despite the audio mixing, and despite the fact that I think the end doesn't quite stick the landing the way I wanted, there's a reason I played it through three different times. Four different times, technically, if you include uh, me going back and doing the last act again with, with Kristen. There's a reason I have all but five achievements in this game two of which are just grinding in a way that I will never do. And 
one of which is dating Apollo, which I will also <laughs> never do. Um, and it's because there is not just a lot of heart in this game, but a lot of Soul. creativity and charm and a real sense of a world. Does the individual plot this murder mystery land? No. But does a story about a dying empire, about a you know group of people who are so desperately trying to cling on to what they have that they are losing everything in a time in which that could describe almost every major politician in the country in which we live? Yeah, that fucking resonated with me. Believe it or not, I found some similarities and I found some things to grasp onto. I found a lot of the themes to be really powerful and I found a lot of the individual moments along the way to the ending to be really fascinating. Just the multiple different ways that you could do the Asterian scenes or the Aphrodite scenes, the Medusa scenes, all of these different elements, they matter. And they matter not because the core narrative is important because ultimately you could argue that it isn't outside of being an effective framing device, but it matters because there is a sense of humanity in these gods, in the place in which they find themselves, in this diaspora in which you encounter them. And I loved that. I loved how well the game handled that. And I love that there is a game that handles that because these are not themes you're going to find in a lot of other games out there. And you're certainly not going to find a lot of games out there that have the ambition to go full musical like this. It's hard to do what they did. And maybe that means that they didn't spend as much time on some other elements. Fair criticism. I made the criticism. Um, but I don't think that takes away from what this game did achieve. And I think it achieved a lot. Um, so you got a, a real spectrum there, folks. Hopefully, um, listening to the reasoning why and, and kind of the journey of how we got there gives you a good idea of what angle you'll land on, whether or not this game is for you. Uh, Walter, where can the nice people at home find you if they want to reach out and share their thoughts about Stray Gods? Yeah, uh, if they play it for themselves. Uh, absolutely. You guys can find me on Twitter at C80s underscore LOL. Uh, you can also find me on Blue Sky at C80s.bsky.social. Uh, I will still be on Twitter until until fucking Musk makes us pay for it just because I, I spent a little bit of time trying to like add some more people to my Blue Sky feed and like I, I'm just I'm missing so much of my sports stuff. I'm missing so much of my Bills Mafia stuff that I feel like until the the spawn of satan himself forces me to give him money i'm just gonna always have to use that app as well so i'm on both places uh i do have multiple invite codes so the podcast will eventually get over on blue sky uh once i stop being lazy for like five minutes uh, but currently uh it is at uh, rough drafts pod on twitter you can also follow the podcast on your favorite podcast platforms, uh, whether it's Spotify, Apple Pods, or whatever. Uh, either on the individual show feeds, that is the Final Cut feed for the movies and Steam Cleaners for the games, or on the combined Rough Drafts podcast feed. Absolutely. You can find me at Chase Wassenaar on Twitter or at uh, chasewassenaar.bluesky.social. Um, I, I am trying to make my way over there. It's been nice to make a few posts. Um, I agree with you. The sports aren't there because I think 
the major brands have not made their way over there. There's a part of me that appreciates that and a part of me that wants to watch Bijan Robinson highlights. And <laughs> there's only one place that's that's delivering that for me. Um, Kristen, thank you so much for thank joining you. us. Where can people at home find you? They can find me at kpinolo on Twitter and at Blue Sky. Thank you, Walter, for the invite. Um, it, my last name is impossible, but it will be in the show notes. And I am also attempting that migration. I will probably be on Twitter until I have to pay money for it because I'm a little uh news goblin that's it (laughs) absolutely well thank you all so much for listening come back in two weeks where walter and i for the third time in a row will be breaking a foundational rule of our podcast and playing the same game um though though we'll see if it strikes a similar tenor to the episode we had today but until then goodbye internet